This is the Delivery Space Podcast. Whether you're interested in software delivery, business change or transformation, we have some great content lined up for you. We launch into different areas of project delivery and bring you insights and experience that you won't get from a book. Welcome, it's Sharon and Nisha. This is our episode on techniques to show your PMO impact. Hey Sharon. Hi Nisha, how are you? Very well, and how are you? I am doing really well uh, today and I'm really excited because we've got a special guest, Laura Bernard, with us. How are you, Laura? Hello, ladies. It's so good to see your wonderful faces. Hello, everyone (laughs) out there uh, watching and listening today. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm just going to introduce um, Laura, just so our listeners know a little bit more um, about you. So when Laura founded PMO Strategies in 2013, she did that with one goal in mind, to arm other business leaders with the guidance she wished she had when she was in their shoes. Having spent 15 years as a PMO leader herself, beginning in 1999, Laura knows just how hard it can be to create effective, sustainable change in business. And that's why she spends the days helping organisations maximise their ROI by unleashing the power of project management and why she's so passionate about bringing PMOs to the strategy table once and for all. Laura is a top global PMO thought leader and in 2021 she was named as Global PMO Influencer of the Year and she's a keynote speaker, a trainer, consultant and founder and CEO of PMO Strategies. Wow, (laughs) incredible Laura, you've done so much. Uh, Yeah, Uh, well, you know, you get really good when you have project management as a background and experience, you get really good at getting things done. So um, that's what we're all about here. Yeah, amazing. So Laura, I was listening to one of your recent podcasts and you were talking about um, working in your PMO versus on your PMO. And one of the phrases Mm. that you mentioned was feeding the beast of chaos. And, you know, (laughs) how some PMOs can get into this reactive Mm -hmm. cycle. So you're churning Mm -hmm. out those inputs and you're solving the short term goals. But of course, in doing that, sometimes we miss out on the the bigger strategic piece. So I'm keen to know from you some of the ways in which PMOs can transition to really focus on the outcomes rather than the outputs. Yeah, for sure. So it really all comes down to how we're defining success and needing to think a little bit differently about it. So many of us found our ways into project management and PMOs somewhere along the way. And as we were defining that journey for ourselves, we learned things about project management and certifications and all the things that we should be doing to deliver value in the organizations. However, for many of us, we... Um, have found ourselves defining success a little bit differently than how our business leaders are defining success. And it's, it's really easy to see how that can happen when you look at, we have all these certifications out there. And when people are applying for positions, you must have this certification or that certification. And so value is being defined in the very hiring process that says, if you have this certification, we consider you valuable, right? And the challenge with that is some people are taking those certifications and what they teach you so literally 
that they're saying, well, if I want to be the best, I have to apply all the things, right? So I have to do everything that it says to do in the PMBOK, for example. And that's not really the intent. And you'll notice that, for example, the latest version of the PMBOK is starting to change the tune a little bit to be more focused on value and business outcomes, not just benefits, but actually achieving the results. So business leaders define success very differently than many PMO and project leaders. And that's the gap we're really trying to close here. We want that to be the same definition, which means that if your business leaders see a project as successful, only if it's met the intended business benefits in a way that makes them having been worth doing in the first place, meaning they're worth the cost, then we define that as successful. So it's not so much what what I'm trying to help this project management PMO community understand is it's not so much that we need to perfect our outputs. It's that we need to ensure that we're achieving our outcomes. And that means we need to measure differently. One example, earn value management. What is the one thing that earn value management does not measure? Value. Value in the eyes of the customer, our business that is trying to, you know, create change for their ultimate customers, right? Mm -hmm. So value in the business leader's mind is, was, did we do this in a way that was worth doing that achieved our business benefits, you know, in, with a return on that investment, right? It shouldn't cost us more to get there. But when we get so busy on perfecting our outputs, our deliverables, our triple constraint, right? Our time, scope, and cost, we can, we can focus so heavily on measuring those things that we forget those are just the means to the end. Those aren't the end in, in, in the eyes of the beholder or the one that's paying for this project to get done, the business leaders, the customers, right? So in their mind, you can have a project that is on time, on scope, on budget, and nobody uses that end product. That's a failure, not a success. So if we can close the gap between the way we are defining success and measuring success on the project side to match the way the business leaders are defining success on the product side, then we will be in a position where we can um, truly, and we can talk more about this, get our seat at the table in organizations and be seen as equals as business leaders and truly drive the business change that we're there to do. Yeah. And uh, I can totally relate to what you're saying. A lot of those things are a means to an end. It's not the end right. goal. And it's so easy right. for PMOs to lose sight of that. Because like you said, if the end product or whatever it is, is not being utilized, it's been a complete right. waste. <laughs> so we've right. got to keep the exactly. bigger picture in mind. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing is that along the way, and th here's the challenge though, along the way, business leaders may need to make a change because a market shift happens. New information comes to light that helps them realize that what they were planning to do won't get them to the business outcomes they're looking for, or a, a ton of other things could change. You could have a global pandemic. You could have to speed up a project in order to take advantage of a situation that you're in, slow one down, shift resources. All of those things are valid business changes. And many cases, especially in the PMO, we might say, but hold on, you can't get to our change control board for three months. So that's not going to happen. Aww. And or or project managers, even worse, project managers will say no. 
And and what we're trying to do is re-educate project managers to understand it's not their call, right? Yeah. Your job as a project manager is to help the business leaders make educated and informed decisions and live in and understand the consequences of their actions, right? Mm -hmm. So to understand the consequences of their actions and their decisions is to put it back in their hands, not say no. Yeah. The project manager can't say no. You're, 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 you're looking at it all wrong. It's not about that perfect triple constraint. It's okay if the if you go over budget, if you if not going over budget means the project's going to be a complete failure in the eyes of the business, then I'm sure those business leaders would rather go over budget to get those business results they were looking for or to change the timeline based on this new information. But what we do is we tend to decide for them and take that control away from them. And that's where things can get pretty messy is because we're we're stepping out of our area of responsibility, taking responsibility for the business instead of being the facilitators of the change and leading them on that journey and giving them all the information they need to be successful. Hmm. Or Laura, being courageous and working yeah. with stakeholders to put a pause on it. That is sometimes right. takes that bravery, doesn't it? To say, looks like we're yes. not going in the right direction here. If you can't right. adapt and inspect like we were talking about before, if you can't respond to changes, then be mm -hmm. brave and stop before right. you have further leakage of team members' time, further leakage of uh, right. vendors and, and, you know, funds that you're putting towards something. Right. Uh, make, make that brave decision. And sometimes, yeah, it does take that bravery, right, to say, stop. Right stop right and let's well, let's re-look right. re at this strategically exactly and if you are thinking about the business outcomes you're trying to drive instead of being so laser focused on perfecting the outputs you're creating the deliverables you're creating if you're focused on the business outcomes it's a lot easier to see the forest for the trees it's a lot easier yes. to see that this project is not on the path to achieve the intended business benefits and will not drive the real change, transformation, new clients, whatever that result is that you're trying to drive toward. If you keep everybody laser focused on those outcomes, mm -hmm. it's so much easier to cl clearly and plainly see that you need to pause, mm -hmm. that you need to shift direction. But when, when we get so down and in focused on how perfect can our EVM metrics be, you know, the, it, which by the way, just so that we're clear, it only tells you how much money you've spent over how much time. Yeah. It doesn't tell you you've delivered any value, no, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, much less business value. You can spend a lot of money and take a lot of time and get nowhere, yeah. right? So really, if we just, if we stop putting so much emphasis on perfecting deliverables and process, and then instead, and I'm not saying you don't need those, but they're the means to the end. So if we can then focus bigger picture on what the business problems are that we're trying to solve, we have so much better success in projects and PMO has a really great part to play in all of that. So Laura, that leads me on very nicely to our next question. How can PMOs get that better understanding of those problems that the business are facing? Because that's the closer they are to that, the better mm. that they can help the delivery teams, the stakeholders, the leadership mm -hmm. within that organization find a pathway to success, right? Right. Absolutely. So this is a really critical and it's something that actually a lot of PMOs miss, which is why they then come to us and they come into our programs and like, I need to rescue my PMO. I need <laughs> to change my PMO. Help. 
right? And so I'm try I'm trying to get the message out there before they get in that situation, right? Because it just mm -hmm. pains me to see it. So here's the, here's the missing the key ingredient to understanding the business problems is asking the right questions and asking questions at all mm. right a lot of times when a pmo goes into pmo leader goes into an organization especially if they've done it before they come in saying i know the medicine you need to take i know how we're going to solve this problem right instead of saying how might we help you mm. what are your pain points what are the challenges you're experiencing what are your business problems talk me through what's going on and where you're stuck, where things aren't working. And you never, ever, 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 ever ask, what can the PMO do for you? Because they don't know. Mm -hmm. They're not experts in PMO, but you know what they are experts in? Their own business problems, yeah. their challenges that they're experiencing. So if you can focus there and, and it does, it's not hard questions. It's how, you know, it's really basic. Are you getting the results you need from the projects we're doing? Are they achieving the intended business outcomes? If not, what's going on? What is your experience, right? What are your pain points? What keeps you up at night, right? And it's not, you know, what's not working with the project lifecycle or your Gantt chart, right? It's what's working, you know, what's working, what's not working, and you achieving the change results you're trying to achieve. And then from there, we can peel back the layers. And you know what the next question is? Tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. And then tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. Until you get, and I always like to joke with my students, until you get to the tears, when you see them really <laughs> frustrated, you know you've hit the underlying root cause of what's going on and that you're going to have to figure out what to do to solve that, right? Yeah. That's where you focus your energy. And in our, um, in our teaching, in our um, Impact Engine program, we have an entire part of the program, this entire st second step of the process after we've taught them outcomes over outputs and things like that is really around assessment, asking the right questions, involving the right stakeholders, doing change assessments to understand how is this organization going to be able to adapt to change. Mm. And then we have to focus on building those really strong stakeholder relationships and build the trust. And from that alone, before you've ever even told them how you're going to solve those problems, your credibility as a PMO leader goes up mm -hmm. because they now see you as somebody that gets them instead of us going to them and saying, why don't you get me? Here's all the things we're going to do. Sell the PMO. You don't have to spend a second selling if you properly ask the right questions, build the right relationships, and then show your value by helping them achieve those intended business outcomes as opposed to getting so stuck and dragging them, kicking and screaming to perfecting your deliverables and outputs. It's really that business relationship, right? It is, yeah. I remember an organization that I used to work for where our MD had somehow labeled PMO and PMs as those that introduced bureaucracy, and that was it. Yeah. And it's because right. of behaviors, right? Don't you guys think the behaviors mm -hmm. have to change? Mm -hmm. It really doesn't yeah. matter the method mm -hmm. of execution, whether you're running something waterfall, whether you're running something agile, but it's those behaviors that have to change. And I think PMOs, agilists, coaches, scrum masters are so instrumental in mm -hmm. helping organizations get to that and throwing light on the fact that those behaviors, those kind of stuck ways of thinking can mm -hmm. be shifted to move them on. 
Right. And it, you're, you're really touching on something that's important, which is mindset. Yes. Right. This is about shifting the mindset. We have what we call the impact driver mindset. Right. And it's six steps that we take people through to understand, to let go of all of the noise or the shoulds that they've been told that they should be doing in order to perfect project management life cycle and deliverables and instead pivot and focus their energy on achieving those business outcomes and creating that focus and driving real change with people instead of two people. All of those things, when you do those things well, you can achieve amazing things. And that's where that whole seat at the table starts to become a reality for you mm -hmm. because you're seen as someone that can really help the organization drive the strategy and the results that they're looking for. They no longer see you as getting in the way of them. Mm -hmm. They see you as the facilitator to help them achieve their business goals. Absolutely. And you've touched on it slightly there, but it leads nicely into the final question. What tips have you got so PMOs can actually get that seat in the table then? Because they might be um, eager, keen, you know, mm -hmm. to get in there and be involved in those strategic conversations. But how can they mm -hmm. actually go about doing that? Right. Well, I think part of it is understanding where the PMO actually belongs, like where it can actually help. And it's it's interesting because the way I the way I simply explain it to our students is you want to look at the whole strategy life cycle. You know, and so think of it in three simple pieces, strategy defined, strategy delivered and strategy realized. Now, strategy defined is all the things that happen before the project ever starts. But it's where a lot of the problems come in. Right. Because this is where we are defining the, the, the initiatives that we want to do, creating success criteria or not where we are putting all of those projects together on a portfolio and then prioritizing them or not, right? And then where we start assigning resources and we have 50 number one priority projects and we have 20 people to do the work and then we wonder why we can't get anything done, right? So a lot of the opportunity for PMO leaders is before the projects ever even start. And the challenge we have is that a lot of PMOs come in, especially if they grew up in the project management world, they're focused on the project life cycle and perfecting that. Mm -hmm. But what they're forgetting to do is set those projects up for success by putting all of the right process in place before the projects ever start, uh, like ensuring that the portfolio of initiatives is prioritized, ensuring that projects don't start until you actually have the resources to do them, ensuring that not every project starts on the first day of your fiscal year. Stagger those projects throughout the year so they can actually be <laughs> successful, right? There's so many of these things that happen that can make sure that that project delivery happens more effectively, that whole strategy delivery process, before you've ever even started. So you could add zero templates, zero process in the project lifecycle, but just put good people in a physical or virtual room together to get work done. And they would if you fix, if you set them up for success from the start, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then the other part of it, Nisha, you and I have talked about this a little bit, the strategy realized. Yes. What is the role of the PMO after the project goes live? Because the project manager's off doing something else. So where does the PMO come in and helping to pull all pieces of that strategy life cycle together yes. and say, did we do the things that we said we were going to do? Did we actually achieve the business benefits we talked about in the strategy defined stage, when we built our business cases, when we prioritized these initiatives and we tied them to the strategy because they were derived from the strategy as opposed to projects defined over here, strategy defined over here, and then we're trying to map them manually, right? 
how about we just make sure that all of the projects are derived from the strategy in the first place, yeah. right? And then it's easier to measure them. Yeah, or indeed, right, go ahead. is customer feedback, like we talked about, incorporated yeah. back into the product lifecycle, you know? Bingo. Right? Do, do the delivery teams know about it? Is there that free dialogue between the product owner and the delivery teams? Is that being plowed exactly. back to improving a product, whether it's end users within an organization or customers out there in a the market? Are you creating that wonderful feedback cycle? And also, I find this is a whole nother conversation with you, Laura and, and, we, and Sharon. Part two. Part yeah. two. This is part two. <laughs> but like, how are people in, incentivized, right, within an yeah. organization? Are they incentivized just because they've delivered a project? Or are they incentivized mm -hmm. because a customer or an end user has given a big fat thumbs up and said, I love what you did with the product there. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you're hitting on something that's super important in this process when I'm talking to executives. How are you met? How you how are you measuring success of your people? Right. right? And the scary thing is 95 percent of workers in an organ a typical organization do not understand the organization strategy. And most managers are not measured by the, like, the ability to deliver on the organization strategy. Mm -hmm. So nobody's tied, their value is not tied to, in, from an organization's perspective, their raises, their promotions, the way they're seen as successful, isn't actually being measured on their performance evaluations, et cetera. So there's no tie back to the strategy success, therefore, but what they are measured on, did you come in on time and on budget? Yeah. Did you, know, did you get it done? Yeah. Check. Well, let's not measure checkboxes if that's not how we define value, right? So this is a really important, like you said, this is a whole separate conversation <laughs> we can have, but there's there's so much opportunity for PMOs yeah. to play a role. So we've got strategy defined, strategy delivered, and strategy realized in not just benefits realization, because that still is checking boxes that you delivered the scope mm. that doesn't say that it was worth doing in the first place. So mm. we really need to start focusing more on value realization and impact realization, as we call it, or even simply return on investment. Mm. Was this project, are we measuring? The PMO doesn't, should not go away when the project's done. The PMO has a role in working with those product owners to say, did we over time, three months, six months, nine months, a year, two years, whatever that right metric, you know, measurement cycle is, did we actually achieve the intended business benefits? And was it worth doing that way in the first place? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And then the, the results of that, um, like you're saying, Nisha, go back into the strategy definition process to say, OK, so based on what we know to be true. What we've learned over this strategy lifecycle on delivering on this strategy, what we've learned about our customers, what we've learned about ourselves, what we've learned about the marketplace. How Now, based on everything we know that we've been measuring, what can the PMO do to help facilitate getting that back into the strategy lifecycle mm -hmm. so that the next round of strategic planning and strategy definition and then strategic planning goes well and is informed educated and informed so that they can continue to make better business decisions. That is that is what our business leaders are looking for mm. from the PMO. And that is the transformation that we need to do ultimately if we want to be prepared for the future of where PMOs are going. Absolutely. Here's to adaptive planning and adaptive planning at yes. a strategic level. So if we need to, we can pivot for our businesses. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> 
Laura, you have given us so many gems there. We've got so much oh, that good. ourselves and our listeners can take away. But what are your key takeaways from the conversation today? Oh, for me? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's really all about helping, you know, the, the main point I want people to remember is the role of the PMO is to help the organization deliver on strategy with the highest possible return on investment as quickly as possible. And if you have that as your mission as a PMO, then everything else we're talking about here falls into place because you design your PMO differently. You design your services differently. You have different conversations with your business leaders and you you do. I mean, my Impact Engine PMO students have this experience all the time. They get their seat at the table. They keep their seat at the table. They elevate in the organization and they become the strategic business partners that your business leaders have been begging you for. Nisha, how about you? Absolutely. Oh, I I don't think I can add anything to what Laura has said because she's just perfectly summarized the fact that PMO, yes, needs to evolve and yes, is there to get that seat at the table, but also to provide that strategic direction, uh, value-based planning and provide that. Um, doesn't matter what method yes. of execution is used for projects or product. That's my little takeaway. Yes. Thank you, Laura, so much. Oh, thank you both ladies so much for having me here. Sharon, what are yours? Oh, so echo everything you've both said. I think the final thing is we always talk about leading with curiosity. It's about asking the right questions. Sometimes PMOs can make that mistake of going into an organization and telling, but really we ought to be asking and learning, you know, how can we actually add the most value in the shortest period of time? So that would be my key takeaway. And uh, thank you so much, Laura. You've been amazing. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm so honored to be able to support you with this podcast and share with your fabulous community. Uh, and I look forward to doing it again sometime soon. Thank you. Oh, Laura, you just know it. We have a list of topics that we want to cover with you. So um, we're looking forward to it. Great. Which platforms can people find you on, Laura, if they want to work with you, connect with you? Mm-hmm. Sure. The easiest way to find me is to go to pmostrategies.com. That's where we have resources for PMO leaders, for project managers, for PMO consult and project management consultants, and even for executives, because it's the whole strategy lifecycle that we need to be able to support, right? So that we can make that biggest impact. And of course, I'm all over the socials. You can easily find me on LinkedIn. Send me a connection request. Let me know where you where you heard us have this conversation. And I look forward to continuing the conversation there. Thank you, Laura. And thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Look out for this video and our Spotify release. Please like and follow us to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on this episode when it airs. Bye for now. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.